everyone. Welcome back to the CTYA podcast. We are so glad that you joined us here today. Sit back, relax, get out your favorite pencil, your favorite notebook. May you be blessed in the Lord. some sports figure who's made some incredible comeback from Tommy John surgery or some ACL or MCL incredible comeback from a season ending injury or maybe even a potentially career ending injury or maybe we could start out with a rags to riches story from the good old financial peace guru Dave Ramsey or reach all the way back to your American history days and I could have talked about what I feel is the greatest president of the United States the 16th president of these United States of America and a good case study of good old Abe Lincoln and his failure time after time and yet still becoming what I believe is one of the most powerful men in the world at one of the most trying times in our society. Now, no doubt there could have been a wide variety of types of stories that could be told tonight. And so I think it begs the question that you and I would ask, why do we love a good story about someone overcoming the obstacles and reaching new heights and new goals and achieving things. What is it about human nature that seems to, or at least I do, root for the underdog, the David versus Goliath story, the comeback kid, the little guy, or the rags to riches? Could it be that you and I identify with their struggles and we identify with the setbacks that they face? Is it possible that maybe we're often able to put ourselves in their very own shoe leather and we say, I can feel that pain and I can feel that disappointment that life has brought their way and I kind of have a little bit of that in my life. You might then find yourself saying, if she can do that, then I can. Or maybe their life is so inspiring that I've not had it that bad, so if they've made it, then surely I can make it. Now for each of us, the story Uh, The the answers may be different in each of our stories. But today, I want to start out with a story of someone who I believe we can all find some answers for our life and how we can be better equipped for what I would like to call tonight the journey. The journey. Now, this is the story of a young man who was rejected and abandoned by his family at 17 years old. Probably a little bit younger than most of you in this room. He found a job. Though once he'd been abandoned and and rejected by his family at just a very young age, he ended up finding a job working for a military family. But while he was working in this military family, he was falsely accused of sexual immorality and inappropriate advances. These accusations were so strong yet unsupported that it actually landed this young man in prison. And while he was in prison, he met a few guys who, of course, said they would be on his side and they would help him when he got out. But of course, once he got out, they forgot, or when they got out, they forgot all about him. Somehow, through these ups and these downs, he found himself eventually working for a very powerful and well-known politician. He was involved, actually, during this time in a very innovative program in his job that helped save the lives of thousands and thousands of people during a national and regional food shortage. All of this happened by the time he was 30 years old. He went from basically being an orphan at 17 on the street to working in the palace by the age of 30. What a story. 
What an incredible comeback story for someone, a young adult, a hyphen, just like you. But you see, his story doesn't end there. Because eventually, his family who had abandoned him, they came back into his life. But he had changed so much that they did not even recognize him. And so now, he, since he had so much power, he actually wrestled in his new position of what he should do because he could have made their lives absolutely miserable. Well, finally, he came to himself and he realized what he should do. And so he made an appointment with his family and he revealed to his family his true identity, even though they had not recognized him before. He showed grace and forgiveness to them. And ultimately, they were restored to one another. And they all, as the story says, lived happily ever after. Now, you might not recognize this story told this way, but if you've spent any time in a Sunday school class, or if you've ever started your bread reading program and you got to about the 37th chapter of Genesis, you've heard about that hyphen-aged young man, and his name was Joseph. Today, I want us to walk through Joseph's journey. Now, young ladies, please don't turn the message off and think, oh, well, I'm going to wait till Sister Ranking tomorrow. Because just because we're talking about a young man in Scripture doesn't mean we can't still learn something together. This is what the Lord led me to tonight, was to talk about this, because I feel like some of the things that Joseph dealt with in his life, the Lord must know that some of you are going through one or several of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. And it might open some wounds, and it might open some hurts. But on a Friday night, I can't think of a safer place for you to open your heart and talk to the Lord. All across this nation and this world, there are people your age who are opening their hearts, opening their lives, and maybe giving up something they never thought they'd give up on a Friday night after they go to a party or some celebration or something. Your generation is living for what they want right now, but you are in a place where you've come to let the Lord look deep in your heart and to touch your life. So let me just say that with you right now. I, I ask you to let the Lord minister to you. Because there must be a reason why he let me not know that I was supposed to speak this particular message until the last moment. Maybe so I wouldn't argue with him. <laughs> but it very well could be because he knew what it was going to do tonight. And so I want you to do your part. The Lord's doing his. I'm trying to do mine. But there's going to come a point where you need to be opening your heart and listening to what the Lord has for us tonight. You see, Joseph, he could often be called the despised dreamer. You see, his story begins as somewhat of a very immature teenager who was watching his father's flock when he was given a special coat of many colors by his father after he'd been given a coat by his father but a dream by his heavenly father. And so while he was on his way to check his brothers, to check on his brothers, they plot to kill the dreamer because they don't like him. They don't like his dreams because his dreams, as you know, if you've been around church long enough, his dreams were that his brothers and his family were going to bow down to him someday. And they didn't like that because he was the youngest, and that's not how it worked in that day. And so here it was, they see this young dreamer coming, and so what did they do? They decided that they were going to take care of him. They actually had plotted to kill him. But one of the brothers said, let's have mercy on him. We can't kill him. He's our own brother. And so they threw him in a pit. And so then the next hurdle was, well, we can't go back because dad sent him here. We can't go back without him. So let's take his coat. Let's rip it up. Let's kill an animal. Let's put blood on it. And let's let the Lord, uh, let's let uh, our father make up his own assumptions about what happened. And so they thought, they tossed him in that, they tossed him in, into that well. And they thought in their, in their eyes, the despised dreamer was gone. Those dreams that made him so despised um, the, by, his, by his family, 
While they thought they were gone, Joseph was still holding on to the dreams that God had given him. Those dreams had to be the hope that must have kept him and carried him on through all of these ups and downs. As I already mentioned to you earlier in telling that opening story, Joseph found himself working for Potiphar, a very influential military officer. Potiphar, by the, by the time God blessed Joseph and Joseph rose up through the ranks in the house and, and he basically could run everything in the house. The only thing that was not Joseph was, of course, Potiphar's wife. But Potiphar made her advances upon Joseph. He continues to deny her. Eventually, she catches him in the house alone. She accuses him. He runs, and ultimately, he's thrown into the prison. You see, in her eyes, he was Mr. Right, but then he was wrongly accused. Then he was forgotten, but he was favored by God. So while in prison, he's favored by the Lord once again. He finds favor with the jailers and those who are leading his life, and he eventually meets Pharaoh's former butler and the baker. They have dreams. Joseph uses the power that God gave him to interpret those dreams, and ultimately one is restored, the other perishes as Joseph's dreams told them what happened. Two years pass by, and Pharaoh has dreams, and he can't have anybody to interpret them. None of his magicians, none of the people around him can, can, can help him to interpret those dreams, and the butler re realizes his mistake. And he says, I remember there is a young man named Joseph in the prison. And so now Joseph is positioned with power. Joseph interprets the dreams as God gives him the ability. And his advice, and, and the, uh, uh, once he interprets the dreams, then he gives advice to Pharaoh of what to do with the seven years of plenty that will help to, them to overcome the seven years of famine. Joseph is lifted up to the second in, uh, in command. I like to say when I was a youth pastor that basically he was the vice president of Egypt. He rose to such power, he could do just about anything that Pharaoh wanted him to do. But he encounters his family again and goes through a series of events with them, but finally tells them who he is. What a success story from thrown out by his family, almost killed by his brothers, all the deception, all the hurt that happened. Joseph experienced betrayal by family. He experienced betrayal by relationship, one that he wasn't even actually pursuing. And then he was betrayed even by an opportunity. He had to overcome being despised as a dreamer and being right by how he stood for holiness and separation of his heart and not sinning with Potiphar's wife, but then he was wrongly accused standing for right, but yet still ended up in the wrong place. He was being forgotten in the prison for two years, but he was still favored and rose up in the ranks and ultimately ended back into, uh, ended, ended up in that position of power with Pharaoh. Joseph realized that your power to continue the journey can be found in a dream, in a goal, in an identity that God has given you. You can overcome any obstacle. Now, this isn't just like a motivational speech, okay? But I believe in this. That if God has given you something, a calling, if he's shown you where you're going to be, it doesn't matter what obstacle, whether it's family, whether it's betrayal, whether it's hurt, if you keep getting back up and believing in that dream that God has given you, you can make the journey to where God needs you to be. And no matter how high the high gets or how low the low gets, do not let your circumstances dictate what's going to be for the rest of your life. 
You see, he could have been identified as a fornicator who stole the wife of Potiphar and her affections by giving in to her advances. I got some friends. I know people who have given in to that pull of that and traded what God had for just a momentary experience. He could have been known as the lonely prisoner, bitter at life and never offered hope to the, or help to the guards or the butler or the baker and could have rotted in prison in a corner, mad at God. And there's a lot of people who God, uh, they, they ended up in a prison in their life and they said, well, God, this can't be yours. And so they just are rotting in a prison. He could have been that lonely, bitter prisoner. He could have also been a power-hungry sibling that could have returned revenge on his brothers when he saw them come back. He had all the power to just send them to the chopping block and they could have just been gone forever. He could have just destroyed their life. He did kind of have a little bit of fun with them, sending that cup and the money and all that. I still scratch my head about why he did that. Maybe he was wrestling with his flesh and wasn't sure or wanted to see the response. I don't know. Another story, another day. Ask Pastor Carson what he thinks. <laughs> all right. But he didn't allow those trials to be his final identity. He, he knew he couldn't sin against God and become a fornicator. He knew that he couldn't stay lonely and bitter because God had a dream and he hadn't seen it come to pass yet. And he did, wasn't about to use his power for his own selfish gain because he'd already used it to save a whole nation and God's people. You must recognize, and the word God has for you tonight is, don't let your circumstances disqualify you from becoming an overcomer. The only way that happens is if you give your circumstances permission to do so. You can give them permission if you'd like, but I encourage you, be like Joseph and let every obstacle that you've lived through, let it take you one step closer to fulfilling God's dreams and to fulfilling God's hope that he's given to you and the plan that he has for your life. Your power to overcome is cultivated by the experiences that God has seen you through. You will be able to minister to people. You will be able to have conversations with people based on some of the things that you have gone through if you let them bless your life instead of uh, draw your life back, if you'll let them be a, something that, uh, be a fountain where you can bless somebody else. Joseph's journey is what led him to be second in command because how else is a Hebrew boy going to end up in the palace of Pharaoh? Each portion of that journey was to guide him to his ultimate destination because that's how God used him to save his people from the famine and to get them where they needed to be for the rest of their history and the rest of their story. You and I, we should learn to move beyond the victim mentality and to fight to have the victor's mentality. If anybody in scripture could have said he was the victim, it could have been Joseph. But somehow he kept rising up and say, I'm going to be victorious through this. I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm going to keep hoping. I'm going to keep trusting. He did not allow his setbacks to become that final destination or identity. He decided to believe in who God defined him as and, and to be uh, what God had told him to be and not allow his brothers, his uh, Potiphar's house, or even the prison of Pharaoh to define him, but he was going to allow God to define him. Let me just say this. There are too many people who are waiting for everything to be just right or the perfect situation before they choose the right path. He kept choosing even when it, he didn't even feel like maybe he could see the right path. But he kept choosing right no matter how wrong everything looked around him. Your power to overcome has more to do with what God has brought you through uh, than what he's brought you to. 
what he's going to bring you through. He's bringing you through things. That's really what gives you the power to look back and say, God, look at all you've done. And that's that power that pushes you right where you're supposed to be. Joseph is gifted with favor, but he had to learn how to handle it. He had to learn how to lean into that and how to trust God. He started as a 17-year-old young man telling everybody, or even younger than 17 at that point, telling everybody about his dreams. But eventually, he ends up becoming the favored prisoner who is now interpreting everyone else's dream. Because of what he'd been through, it taught him. It gave him a little bit of perspective. He recognized what that journey was trying to do to his life. You see, Joseph's purpose wasn't just to be more powerful than his family, but he was supposed to have the power so that he would be able to save his family. So I hope that you don't use what God has given you as condescending to someone who doesn't have it, but you recognize, you know what? God gave me the power over that sin and over that trouble so I could reach a hand to help somebody. So don't allow the hurt that's happened to you or the damage that's happened to you to become a label that you wear and you walk around as the victim, but that you allow that hurt and that pain and those wounds inside of you for you to share God's grace and God's mercy and God's story with somebody else that you can say, you know what, I'm not the victim, but let me tell you how God gave me the victory, how the journey that he brought me through is going to actually bless you. You're not just, you and I should not just be trying to prove how powerful we are and the story that we've overcome, but we're trying to tell his story of what he did through my life and what he's done through your family. He never allowed, Joseph never allowed the favor of God on his life to be used for his own personal position or success. It was always about blessing and helping somebody else. Don't let your gifting take you down the wrong road. Don't let it take you down the wrong road, because he had the opportunity of a lifetime to work in Pharaoh's household, to be second in command, and he used it to bless his people and to help a nation. You and I can keep walking on the journey by placing our trust in God, that he really does have a dream and a plan for our life. You stay on that pathway by living your life through, uh, for God through everything and every step that he takes you through. He may guide you on a detour. It path may look different than you anticipated, but he never wants you to exit. He only takes you on a detour. He still has a path for you to stay on. So if you feel like, God, why are we going this direction? It's not because he's done with you. It's not because he's taking you off the exit to say, sorry, you know what? I made a mistake. I thought we were going this direction. And so to kind of use the highway analogy, he's just taking you on a detour. And y'all living in Indianapolis, you know all about detours, right? <laughs> I used to joke that Terre Haute in French meant construction because every time we traveled from Oklahoma or St. Louis to Indy, every time you went through Terre Haute, there was construction. But now I think Indianapolis in some foreign language means construction. <laughs> but there's some work being on, done on your life, and God sometimes has to take you a different path. Or you think, well, I'm going to get from point A to point B, and here's how it's all going to happen. I can look at some of you and you look like you've got it all together. I'd love to sit down across the table with you at breakfast or lunch and kind of hear your story, hear your dreams, and I'm sure you got it all plotted out. You know what? That's good that you have that. But don't be afraid that if God takes you on a little detour or if God takes you down this direction, keep trusting Him in the journey because He is trying to fulfill a dream and something that is going to happen in your 
life. If someone wants to come to the music, I believe that most of what's going to happen tonight is not going to be done by me saying anything, but it's going to be done by what God wants to do in your heart right now. So we talked about Joseph's story tonight. And he was hurt. He was hurt by three different categories. And so when I got to this portion of the Lord led me to Joseph's story and Joseph's journey this evening. And as I was looking over these notes and thinking, Lord, what are you going to do? How is this going to work out? When I got to this page right here, this is what tugged on my heart. And this is what I think the Lord wants to do tonight. But we got to talk about his story to get us to this point. There's some of you that you might have been hurt by family. Joseph was hurt by family. I mean, they wanted to take his life, literally. Then they deceived their own father. That's how little they cared about Joseph. Now, sure, he shouldn't have told them his dreams like he did, but that's just how the story worked. They could have recognized his immaturity. They could have got past it, but they didn't. It's possible that you've been hurt through a family situation. And I believe the Lord wants you to know tonight that through prayer and through renewal and power of the Holy Ghost, that you can receive healing from that. That if you've been hurt, you need to release tonight those feelings of bitterness and hatred. God, how could you have allowed that to happen? God, I thought everything was going to get back together. God, how did this work out? You might say, well, that's easy for you to say, preacher. You're up there. You didn't live through it. You're right. I didn't. But Joseph did, and he overcame it. And so I'm telling you the story of an overcomer. And God wants you to hear his story tonight of how he is going to help heal the hurt that was caused by a family situation. Allow God tonight to repair those wounds and those scars that hurt the worst because they were put there by people who were very close to you that should have protected you but hurt you. And so forgiveness and openness needs to be flowing in this place for you tonight, if that's you. Next, hurt by relationship. Joseph, while he wasn't in a relationship with Potiphar's wife, he was treated unfairly. He was treated unfairly in a relationship. And I know we're all almost grown-ups in here, sort of. You're trying to adult, some of you. But it very well could be that in this room, someone you were dating took you farther than you wanted to go. Nobody knows, but God knows. And you've asked him for forgiveness time and time again, but you've not forgiven yourself. Hmm. You need to forgive yourself tonight and let the Lord's peace come over you. Because Joseph was put into a prison some of you are in the prison in your mind and the devil has you in prison to think you could never do anything for the Lord because of what you did or what someone else did to you. We're talking real, real right here, okay? Real life. But I think it's where you're living and God must want to get your attention. This isn't me just picking something, oh, well, that's a hyphen thing. That'll pick to them. No, the Lord directed me. I told you, I, I gave you that. I was super transparent with you because I want you to understand the importance and the weightiness this isn't just a preacher picking something that think you might draw tears. No, I'm trying to obey God because somebody here, maybe several somebodies, you've been hurt by your family, my God, and you've been hurt by somebody else. It could be that they turned their back on God and left you waiting for them to return and you've still been waiting. You've been wondering, how long am I supposed to wait? 
Maybe that God's trying to tell you it's time to move on. Open up yourself to the Lord and let him love you again because you were not just hurt by somebody else, but you were hurt by God because you said, God, I thought she or he was the one and they walked out or they hurt me or they did. I don't know your situation, but the Lord does. And somehow he's trying to get your attention tonight. God sees past all that and he sees you as his child and he wants to comfort you tonight. He does not want his family to be hurting and broken. And then the last category is that it very well could be that you were hurt by power or opportunity. Joseph had several times in power where he was hurt and story and you can put the pieces together. But the important part is this is what the Lord wants us to do in the altar service. Pray for hurts from our family, hurts from relationships and those that hurt, hurt us. And then power and opportunity. You might have been hurt in this place by someone who had power over you and they let you down. Or maybe you were the one that had the power and you feel like you've let somebody else down and you can't forgive yourself for what happened. It's time to let the Lord heal and to put those, to, to, to heal those wounds and to help those scars. And so now what you've done is you've convinced yourself that you either can't trust somebody else or that you'll never be trusted again yourself. Well, the Lord wants to restore that trust because if he gave you a dream, he still is trying to get you to that right place. I wonder if you'd stand with me. I've got good news for you tonight. I've got good news for you tonight because greater than any story of a soldier, greater than any story of a Holocaust survivor or some sports figure or some rags to riches story, that if you're caught up and you read through your Bible every day, you can look through all kinds of stories of people who were hurt, abandoned, bruised, left for dead, you could say, but the Lord has made a way. He's given us stories here. And I'm sure that in your life, there are people, there are mentors who've wanted to help you and reach out to you. And obviously he's orchestrated this sermon for right now. Now here's what I need us to do for this to work properly. Okay, for this to work properly is this can be, this room right now is an absolute judgment-free zone. There is no judgment. None of us are wondering, oh, I wonder why she's crying or wonder why he's crying. I wonder what happened. Oh, I know what it is. None of that. Can we all agree? Can we give a good nod and say we agree? So why don't we just begin by lifting our hands. And let's just say, first of all, Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you, Jesus, that you cared enough about this group to get our attention. Lord, I've done my best to try to present this word that I felt you had tonight for this group. Now I believe most of the work is going to be done right now in this altar time. Lord, whether it's happening up here or happening at their seats, we receive this word that you tried to get our attention with right now. Now I want you just to begin to open your heart and say, Lord, thank you. I love you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you have cared enough about us to get our attention. And Jesus, as difficult as it is to maybe go back and revisit some of those things, maybe I've already put it under the blood. Maybe, Lord, I thought it was gone, but it's, but it's creeping back up recently, Lord, and the enemy's been trying to use it against me. So, Lord, I'm going to respond to you trying to get my attention. I say, here it is, Lord.